Folks, I have never been great at sitting down and doing a bunch of research to find the right tag in the right state for the right species. That's why I rely on Eastman's Tag Hub. I don't know if you guys have checked it out yet, but Eastman's Tag Hub takes a trusted hunting research you rely on and have for years to a powerful new digital platform. You could jump in there and find the right hunting units in 11 different states and try to find the perfect tag to fit your budget and your goals. It's a great way to cut out all that external research that just gives you a headache and if you're anything like me, you just don't have the patience for it. Let them do the work for you. And the cool part about Eastman's Tag Hub is it's a monthly payment option. You don't have to pay some big fee to get into it. It starts at like seven bucks a month and it gives you access to everything to include access to the world famous Eastman's Hunting Journal magazines. It's a great deal, guys. Check it out at taghub.eastmans.com. All right, guys, this week we're going to talk a little predator hunt and hope you're dialed in and ready because it's coming. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here... We provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. gentlemen welcome to this episode of the western huntsman podcast this is jim huntsman your host coming at you from the broken time studio right here in clark fork idaho and damn that intro music is loud sometimes <laughs> and so um guys we're gonna switch gears a little bit i don't know that i've ever done an episode fully committed to predator hunting i know we talk a lot of bear hunting we've uh you know we touch a little bit on wolf hunting and touch a little bit on coyote hunting and and whatnot but um I think uh, you guys are going to dig this episode. I've got a fellow podcaster on, uh, Jeff from Predator Pros, who is uh, who's also not only is he a fellow podcaster, but he is uh, a fellow podcaster for Eastman's uh, Hunting Journals, and he is a fellow Marine. And so this ought to be good uh, if you've got kids in the car. I, I recommend they, you know, put the earmuffs on or something because you, you get two Marines on the show. Uh, shit's going to get real. So, uh, Jeff, welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate you joining me. Um, let's see. I'm going to move my phone over a little bit because you were cutting out. Man, we were having issues on Zoom. Now we're having issues on the phone. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. Now that's a lot better. Okay. I think there we, go. we just come out of this like crazy snowstorm up here. Uh, out of the blue, and uh, ever since the the storm hit, all my uh, phone service and internet's kind of shitty right now. So sorry about that. No, no worries. I just gave you a big oorah. You know that's all oh. that you missed out on. You know, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do in the Marines, man? You know, um, I was an O three, uh, specifically an O three forty one, which mortars. Yeah, um, not by choice, not by, not by choice. Unfortunately, you know, you know how that goes when you oh, go yeah. to school of infantry, they kind of put you where you're at, but, uh, I had a side MOS of security forces. So 
Um, luckily I got to go do a little bit of that. I was, I got to go to designated marksman school and spent some time in Bahrain, you know, garden, garden and Navy installation there. And, oh, really? uh, but then came back, came back out into the fleet, was out in uh, Camp Lejeune for, you know, the rest of my time, but got to spend some time in Okinawa and, you know, out there in 29 Palms, uh, got to do some mountain warfare training up in Bridgeport, California. Oh, so, man, yeah. uh, you know, I got a chance, I got a chance to, to travel around and, and see quite a bit of stuff. So it was good. Dude, that's crazy. I, I, it's how like, about you? Uh, yeah, super similar, man. I've I've been to Bridgeport and Twenty Nine Palms, and I was stationed at a, uh, Camp Lejeune with two two. Uh, but I wasn't okay. I wasn't in security forces like you were talking. But I have been to Bahrain. In fact, I got tanked in Bahrain right before we went into <laughs> Iraq, and we flagged. So they let the Marines off, you know, in the port there in Bahrain, and and we like flagged down this car we thought was a cab. And it wasn't. It was some dude that just lived in Bahrain, and and he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll give you a ride. I just got off work. I'll give you a ride to wherever you want to go. And we're like, are you a terrorist? <laughs> and he's he's like, I am terrorist of pussy. <laughs> and so we're like, oh okay. <laughs> well, apparently this guy's just one of our peeps. He just drove us around all over, and we went to like these hookah bars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, he made custom rugs. Uh, these like Arabic rugs and I bought a couple of them from him and he shipped them to my parents' house uh, and they got them while I was in Iraq. So anyway, that's my story with Bahrain. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah that's, that's wild, man. It was, I spent a whole year over there. Um, you know, so I got to know that place, <laughs> place yeah. a little too well, you know, I mean, it's yeah. like the, uh, if, if nobody's familiar with Bahrain, it's like the, uh, it's like the party capital of Saudi Arabia, you know, all the, you know, in Saudi Arabia, back at least when I was there, this, that would have been in 1999. You know, you couldn't drink or anything over in Saudi Arabia, so they drove that. I think it was there, like a 30 mile bridge. Yep, we drove uh, that you bridge. Know, yep. Bahrain just sits out in the per- Persian Gulf there, so yeah, all the all the Saudis would come over there on the on the weekends and stuff and party and 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 do that. But you know, yeah, I mean, British airline stewardess school there. I mean, there was yeah, it was it was a crazy little spot, you know. It is. It's like this little teeny dot on the map, but and they have a shitload of money in that country. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So. What so the, like, What year were you there? The year. What, what year I, would that have been? When I was in Bahrain, it would have been like January of '03. Uh, I went in the Marines okay. in '99 and got out uh, at the end of '03. In fact, I was supposed to get out the same week that the Iraq War started. So uh, we were already overseas, and I ended up in Iraq instead of instead of. Uh, you know, uh, getting out. So that, what years were you? Yeah. In? Yeah. I was in from 98 to 02. So I got out, oh, I was with one, six, one, six weapons. Um, but we were, we were, they were like way down on the rotation. So I don't think they even went over to Iraq until 06, 05, 06. So uh, it was pretty much all guys that I didn't even know when they finally headed over there. Oh, really? Yeah. So- yeah. So, well, uh, that's interesting, man. I've I, I don't know that I've ever had anybody on the show that was actually in the Marines at the same time I was. So yeah, that's, that's why it's just, it's a small world, man. I actually uh, through my commercial side of what I do, I actually met a, a marketing manager for um, Sig Sauer at one point down the road. It's probably been ten, fifteen years ago, and we got to talking, and he was actually in the same damn company, one six. Oh, really? But he was there. He was there like a year after I had left. Mm. uh kind of a deal so yeah it's, it's crazy the, the people you run into you know it's kind of a small world when you look at it sometimes yeah yeah for sure man 
I don't I don't miss uh, I don't miss Camp Lejeune. Do you get a do you get a shitload of those emails? They're like, oh, did you drink the water on Camp Lejeune? I drink the water? I'm like, man, I don't even remember. I know I didn't drink much water. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, but there was not a lot of water uh, drinking. No, no. Um, but I, I'm like, yeah, I think my wife said something about that, and I'm like, oh god, I don't even know. I don't. I'm I'm pretty healthy right now, so I think I made it out all right. You know. Yeah, I'm fine. I think I think it <laughs> actually it ended in like '85. If you were stationed there before '85, then that that's when it was a problem. After that, it was fine. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so you do uh, you do the Predator Pros podcast, man? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, actually, start. With, where are you from, Jeff? Where Where are you at right now? You, you, you know, I'm out of a town called Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. It's clear on the western side of Nebraska. Um, we're about, I don't know, 20, 25 miles from Wyoming and, oh, I don't know, maybe 70 miles from Colorado. Gotcha. I mean, we're like, uh, you know, we're five, six hours from Lincoln and Omaha. So it's like pretty much, you know, we're in our own different state kind of a deal, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I was born and raised here. You know, I, I left for the Marine Corps for, for four years, came back, you know, used that GI money, went to college. Um, have a degree in, in marketing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, you know, tons of, tons of hunting and fishing in this country and, you know, where I grew up and, and yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. Well, well, you're, so you're obviously super passionate about predator hunting specifically, I think coyotes, uh, where does that come from? Well, you know, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, I, I think it dates back. I've always loved to shoot. Uh, you know, I grew up hunting. My dad took me hunting, but not coyotes. Um, you know, I think I shot my first coyote when I was 14, you know, we were out deer hunting, you know, and, uh, on my first deer hunt and my dad had this old lever action 308 and I think like a fixed weaver six power scope on the damn thing, you know, Sweet. and you know, we're bouncing, we're bouncing down the two track and this damn coyote was standing on the driver's side and my dad's like, jump out and shoot it, you know? So I bailed out and threw the, threw the rifle across the hood and the coyote stood out there about a hundred yards and, and, uh, shot it and, so that was the first coyote I ever killed, but still at that point, I wasn't real crazy about it. Uh, really wasn't until I turned 16. I uh, w- was out at some public hunting areas here south of town and stumbled across a, a lanyard of, of hand calls in the parking lot. There's a Our public hunting is very limited out here in Nebraska, but when you do find a public piece, it's there's usually like this central parking lot, and you got to walk in the whole place. And usually what it is is some rancher or something that turned over his ranch to make it public, you know. Um, and so, yeah, there, there was this lanyard of hand calls laying in the gravel and I picked them up and thought, Oh, what the hell is this? And started to mess with them a little bit. And thought, oh, wow. These are these, you know, rabbit calls and things like that. So I dabbled in it through high school, actually probably did more than probably dabble, but, uh, you know, then I went, you know, then you leave to the Marine Corps, you know how that is, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time to do stuff. And, yeah. and really when I got, when I got back out of the Marine Corps and started going to college, um, well, shit, I had all the time on my hands in the world, you know, to, to hunt and do that. And at that time that, you know, that was the early two thousands and I would hunt a lot of different things, waterfowl, big game, coyotes, about anything I could hunt, you know, turkeys, you name it. But there was really, I, I think at that point I had a chance to do it quite a bit. You know, I was able to hunt, well, I don't know, let's say 60 days of winter, you know, cause you know, wasn't married, mm-hmm. just going to school, you know, all the time in the world. And, um, yeah. And I think maybe about 2004 or something, I just, just something inside of me, man, I just, something about this coyote hunting is just, you know, the, I, I just, I think I really like the challenge of it. Um, what probably, in, probably enticed me the most was the fact that, you know, I could shoot coyotes and I could keep shooting as many coyotes as I wanted. I didn't have to stop, you know, yeah. when I, when I always, when I always went big game hunting, I never hardly would ever shoot anything 
because I was like, oh, God damn it. If I, if I shoot this now, I'm done. I, I'm done with my hunt, you know? Yeah. That's, so I would that's just hunt it. and I wouldn't shoot anything, you know? And, and I always liked the, and I was never much for patience, you know, as far as sitting there and glassing and sitting in a tree stand and all that kind of crap, you know? And so the, the fact that, Hey, I can just, I can just hunt my ass off as hard as I want and kill as many coyotes as I want. And, you know, it's lots of shooting. It's fast paced shooting. I've always, I've always loved to shoot. I've always been a pretty good shot. Um, so that, and on top of just the fast pace of, of what coyote hunting is and just calling predators, you know, moving lots of stands and, and you know, throughout the day and things like that. So, yeah, then, you know, after a couple of years of that, I just kind of said, you know what, I want to get really good at coyote hunting. And so instead of hunting coyotes, you know, 40, 50% of the days that I had to hunt, I started hunting coyotes 90, 95% of the days I had to hunt. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So, so re- like, have really been doing, have really been doing that since probably 2005. So maybe the last eight, 17, 18 years, um, you know, which just, just like anything, the more you practice it, the more coyotes you're getting in front of you, the more coyotes you're shooting and calling. And, you know, I travel, I, I've, I've traveled a lot over the last 10 years in a, a bunch of different States to hunt coyotes. So you learn how to hunt coyotes in different terrain and, uh, you know, using the same concepts and things like that. So yeah, it's just a, and it's still to this day, I still, it's just, it, it doesn't get old to me. It's just one of those things, no matter how many thousands of coyotes I've watched come running into the call, everyone's still just as exciting to me. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's crazy. God, it is exciting, man. I, I lost, I, somewhere along the line, I lost, so I, I, you probably don't know this. Uh, and, and actually my audience probably doesn't know this, but there was a time where I, I was absolutely obsessed with coyote hunting and, and I, I did a ton of it and I killed a lot of coyotes. Um, in fact, when I was in high school, it's funny. We have, we have a lot of similarities, man. When, when I was in high school, <laughs> uh, growing up, there was uh, certain counties in the state of Utah. Cause I, I grew up in Utah and okay. there was certain counties that would reimburse you for coyotes, uh, dead coyotes. And all you really had to do is bring in the tail, but I, I would just load all the coyotes up in the back of my truck and, and take it down uh, to the County building and, and they'd, pay me like 50 bucks a coyote. And so, uh, I got obsessed with, uh, doing that and, and helping these farmers get rid of these coyotes, uh, down in central Utah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've shot them from my truck. I've shot them from, by calling them in, I've <laughs> shot them off a horseback. I've shot, you know, all sorts of stuff. But, uh, I, I was, I was like you are, um, it, it did get, I don't know where the change happened, man. I got I got way into bow hunting elk and and all these other things, and I haven't done as much. I, I shot a couple of coyotes last year just because they were on my property, and I think they were after my chickens. Uh, but um, I want to get back into it and be more like what you're doing because you you actually nailed it when you talked about how like with coyotes, there's generally no limit. Uh, you could hunt them basically year round. Uh, yeah, it it keeps you. The great thing with coyote hunting that I love is it gets you out of the house in the winter and, and gets you in the field when, when there's nothing else going on. Right. I mean, you can go ice fishing or you can go oh, coyote yeah. hunting yep. and I'll tell you right now, I'd much rather coyote hunt than uh, go ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's fantastic. So well, yeah, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, and I just, you know, and I, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, if you hunt enough coyotes, everything else will be boring to you. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just the way it is. You know, my, I have three boys and the oldest one's going to be 16 here in January. The other one's, you know, 14. And then I got an eight year old. So they've been coyote hunting with me since they were, you know, since I was giving piggyback rides and they've been on, 
I mean, you name it. They've been on 18 coyote days. They've been on two, you know, anything between, and, and they've hunted all over with me. And they're to the point now where it's almost like they, like coyote hunting is not cool to them. <laughs> you know, they oh, really? they want to go experience other stuff because I've never really taken them. I mean, I took them out when they they were when they turned 10 and 12, so they could shoot their first deer. Um, I've taken them turkey hunting a little bit, you know, but I take them all over the place hunting coyotes all winter. So they don't get a chance to do some of this other stuff that I got to do a long time ago, you know, that I've, I'm kind of over, well, they're kind of almost opposite now. They've got to do so much coyote hunting that now they're, they're kind of, they want to go do other stuff. You know, they want to go hunt deer and hunt turkeys and hunt ducks and geese and stuff, you know? So it's yeah. kind of funny to see how they're, how they're transitioned. But what I told them, I said, boys, I said, you're going to find that, you know, if you've been paying attention, hunting coyotes everything else is going to be easy. I mean, the way just the way that you have to hunt coyotes, um, you know, I said shooting a big dumb elk or a big dumb deer standing out there, you know, the, from the shoot, you know, honestly, from the shooting aspect of it, you know, rifle wise, you know, um, sure. obviously archery and that kind of stuff adds that added challenge and, and closeness you have to get and things like that. But I said, from, from a rifle standpoint of hunting with the rifle, I said, nothing, nothing will ever compare to just what, what you guys have seen with this coyote stuff. So it'll be cool to see what they end up doing. You know, who knows? They may, they they all love the outdoors and, and things like that, but who knows where they'll they'll end up, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I <laughs> that's a, actually, and I I think I said this on the last episode. It's it's one of my favorite things about hunting nowadays is taking my kids, and I have two daughters. That's you know I don't have boys, uh, but they're way yeah. they're both way into hunting, and they're they're like way into outdoing me, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah, thirteen and eleven, but it, it, it's I'm still sick about. Uh, what is today? Wednesday. So that would have been Sunday night, Sunday or Monday night. Anyway, I take, uh, I take one of my daughters out to go whitetail hunting. Right. And, uh, I'm using these new Phelps calls. They've got this, uh, Phelps bleat call and the, and the owl or no, the beta grunt tube or whatever. Uh, and I've never okay, been, yeah. I've never been great at calling in, um, whitetail. I usually just kind of find them by other means, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I got this this whitetail all fired up, and, and and I'm calling. I'm using a grunt tube, and he's in the trees like raking, and and you could hear him stomping his foot. And I'm like, I'm telling my daughter, her name's Shiloh. I'm like, Shiloh, get get ready. Like there, he's he's like a hundred yards, and he's gonna come busting out of those trees at any second. Well, he did, but he came up to the left a little bit. And he's over there stomping his foot and and uh, kind of <laughs> rocking his head back and forth and and blowing and and all this stuff, uh, and and I'm like he's right there he's right there and so Shiloh she pulls up the rifle and right as she gets the scope on him, uh, that thing that sucker bolts and uh, oh, the, the whole point to the story is, uh, it, it's. I love calling animals in. I, I love calling animals in. I'm sick about that whitetail getting away. I, like I, I am, man. That that was a big buck. He was probably, and we're in North Idaho, man. So like a 150 ish is is a great buck. Oh yeah, like that's a great buck. Yeah. Um. And so and he was in that range. He was he was a big old buck. Uh. But anyway, I, I've been sick about that. But uh, again, sometimes I go on uh, the, these big rants that uh, it's a long way of telling you I love calling in animals and actually there is nothing like the thrill of of blowing on a call and having a yodi come just a cruising. I mean, they will flat run you over and and I I love the adrenaline uh, or I'm sorry the adrenaline that comes out of that. Uh, is that kind of what it is for you? Do you call them all in? Is that is that what you're doing? Yeah. You know, I've always, you know, early on, I used hand calls, like probably for the first couple of years, but I, 
I've always been kind of a technology kind of guy, like, you know, trying to see the advantage when it comes to long range shooting, you know, I was, I was doing long range shooting right when I got out of the Marine Corps, you know, back in the day before it was kind of popular, you know, now it seems like everybody's into long range shooting and long range setups. You know, I was back in the day, you know, we had these little Palm pilots and, you know, we'd have to enter the ballistic data into that thing. And I had this damn bar and, you know, even back then in like the mid two thousands, the, the binocular range finders, or even just a normal laser range finder, you could, you couldn't hardly pick up an antelope past a thousand yards. Um, I mean, out on a flight, they weren't just, they weren't great, you know? So we had this old barn Stroud artillery range finder that we, that we bought off eBay and it was, so I've been into that, you know, I've shot, I've shot exclusively nothing but AR 15s for coyotes since 2004. Um, you know, so I've just always been into that side of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was when the band, the, the Clinton AR band was lifted, you know, back in Oh four. And just with, with the Marine Corps background, you know, shooting M16s and that kind of stuff, I was like, you know what, I really think this is the way to go for coyotes because, you know, I can I can rattle off rounds when these coyotes exactly. are out there running off. Yeah, when and, they're running, you know, man. Multiple coyotes. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, so yeah, I've been into that. You know, I, I you know I love using the technology and scopes nowadays. You know, I run the six-hour stuff. So, you know, that, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that BDX stuff where it's all Bluetoothed into your rangefinder and, and ballistic the calculator in your phone and it i mean it's just crazy stuff but the other side of technology has been the e-call side of things um you know when it comes to calling coyotes you know i i couldn't tell you the last time i used a hand call to call coyotes what do you mean like um, an e-call like, know, a, like a are you talking about like a fox pro or something elect, electronic call you know yeah i run all lucky duck stuff um you know which is kind of a their competitor you know kind of top tier you know electronic call company they sell a lot of waterfowl stuff too but um, you know, they kind of came onto the predator scene here maybe five or six years ago. Um, you know, and I've started developing a line of electronic calls and things like that. And, um, so yeah, so we're using these crazy electronic calls that have remotes, you know, a good fr- a friend of mine, Rick Paulette down in Kansas, he's actually the co-host of, of the last stand YouTube show that we, that we filmed together. Um, but he records all the sounds that are on these calls. So you, you know, it's unreal. Like, you, know, you take somebody that's really good with a hand call, there's only just a few sounds they can make. You know, it might be a rabbit distress. Yeah. You know, that, they might be able me. to sound like that's a fawn in distress, you know, maybe. You know, and they can maybe do a kai you know, maybe like a wounded coyote pup or something, and maybe do a few howls. But really, you're limited. But, man, you take an electronic call with these with these real animal sounds on it, and, I mean, there's there'll be 20 different coyote fights and 20 different pup distresses. There's breeding sound, coyote breeding sounds all kinds of coyote vocals, you know, multiple coyotes, coyote serenades, pair how you name it, along with all your normal rabbits and birds and all the other stuff. So, uh, so I say, I, I just tell people I'm pretty good at pushing buttons, you know, <laughs> when it, uh, it's a little more technical than that, obviously, but that's what I, that's kind of the joke, you know, I, I'm pretty yeah. good at pushing buttons, you know, I just, um, but yeah, just the advantages of being able to get that call out away from you. Um, you know, when you're blowing a hand call, the coyotes are coming to the sound, so they're looking at you. Yeah. And, you know, and they're, and they're pretty damn smart. They're pretty keen. You know, they got great eyes. No, they will um, dial, they will these... dial in. You're, they're, they're just like an elk, man. They will dial you in. If you're, that's my, yep. been my issue with, uh, with hand calls. I, I'm really good at calling them in with a hand call. But uh, I, I've, that's been my struggle is, is a lot of times I'm hunting solo and that coyote's on me. He's got, he's got eyes on me before i've got eyes on him because i'm calling so yep. i just pulled up this i've never actually heard of lucky duck calls uh, yeah so, so that's that's up. the huge that's the huge part about an electronic call is being able to these remotes work for hundreds of yards you know but you don't ever put that call out that far usually but 
you know, I may have that call anywhere from 40, 50, 60, even maybe out to 80 yards. Yeah. And then that, you know, then I can funnel those coyotes into where I have shooting lanes. And then all the focus, as long as I'm not moving a whole lot, you know, the coyotes focus is on the sound coming out of that call. You know, these calls have built in decoys as well, you know, and stuff. So really a lot yeah, of, they do. This one's a, pretty nice. a lot of cool features to get the coyote to say, Hey, let's keep your focus on the call and not me getting ready to snipe you from the sidelines over here. You know, damn man. What's the difference between the $750 one versus the $160 one? You know, the technology in it, um, you know, the, the speaker and the amp. So these calls are cr- the high end ones are crazy loud. Um, you know, you get out there and you're fighting a big wind or something like that. And you want lots of volume. That's going to cut that wind, you know, out there in the big, big sage flats or, you know, somewhere where you're thinking these coyotes are going to come from a long way. So, you know, the quality of that speaker is really good where when you amp that sound way up, the sound doesn't distort. Um, you know, it still sounds as good on max volume as it does on low volume. Um, you know, the, the remote capabilities, um, the, the design of the remote gets a little bit better when you go to that upper upper end call which, um just with the features you, of the remote the bigger screen which one do you use do you use that like high super high end one that super revolt yeah or? that's that's the one the super revolt's a new one we just kind of developed and came out with uh you know last well towards the end of last year really this summer was really when it came out but it's kind of a it's kind of a, a combination of all the fee- you know there's like four there five different calls from like you said from 150 up to like 750 yeah. You know, there's a yeah, series yeah. of five calls priced, priced in different price points, you know, um, you but said, it pretty much has every feature possible that you could want on a, on an electronic call. You said, uh, we developed, are, are you involved with them or? Yeah. So, so yeah, kind of, I've been part of, like I said, uh, you know, they, they're kind of the, the owner. So to back up a little bit, you know, we've, we've been filming this YouTube show called the last stand. Uh, we're actually filming our fifth season of it. Oh, I've um, seen that. And, okay, I, I know what you're talking. Yep, okay, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lucky Lucky Duck's kind of the owner of the show, and they came to me. It's kind of a long story how I kind of got involved, but I used to write articles for a Predator Extreme magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of like me, kind of the reason why I love these podcasts and why I kind of got into the podcast with Eastman's was because Ike wanted me to write articles, you know. And I said, Nah, I'm kind of, I, I'm not. It feels like I'm back in school, you know, having to write these goddamn articles all the time. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm like, I really like to talk on the phone and stuff. I said, how about we do a podcast instead? So, <laughs> so, so here we are, you know, but, but, you know, back, um, back at that time when I was still writing some articles, Lucky Duck had came to Predator Extreme and said, Hey, we want to do this writer's hunt. And I don't know, I'm sure you know what writer's hunts are. I don't know if anybody listening does, but essentially a, a company has maybe launching a new product or something like that. And they'll put together some sort of event, whether it's a hunt or whatever, and, and, and they'll, send messages to all these magazine companies and stuff like that to send writers. And they basically, the company pays for all these writers and stuff to come on this hunt in exchange. Those writers go back and write articles in those magazines about their hunt and about that new product. Yeah. Well, um, so I was the closest writer to this hunt was going to take place out in Eastern Kansas. Well, the, the editor of Predator Extreme called me and said, Hey, you're the closest guy I got. Do you want to go out there? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's not that fun. I've never been hunting coyotes in Kansas. And, I knew Rick Plett, you know, um, with, mm-hmm. who had already partnered with Lucky Duck to get get the sound library for him, you know, and, and it, Lucky Duck had already had technology. Is Rick, Rick Plett, is that what you said? Yeah, he's the Verminator, man. Yeah, You probably he heard him back that, in the day. He used to hunt with he, he Randy the, Anderson and all the old videos back in the day. He did the DVDs. 
Back back in the day, yep. right? Okay, yeah, I've yep. watched DVDs all these back shit. in the day. Oh, he's yeah, got yeah. A, yeah, he's got like one that's bow mania, like he shoots nothing but bows on shooting coyotes and bobcats and raccoons with bows and yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah. So so yeah, he was he was already in with Lucky Duck, um, and and they were they were kind of talking, saying, "Hey, we want to develop a new e-call." Well, Lucky Duck has has been in the the waterfowl industry for a long time. They they do the spinning wing duck decoys, you know, mm-hmm. and. So they kind of had the technology background there to do it, but they just didn't have the sound library. So them and Rick got together. Well, at the time they, of this writer's hunt, they had kind of had a prototype e-call ready to go. So I got to go out there on a hunt with Rick and, and Tim No, who's who's the owner of Lucky Duck. And, you know, basically through the course of three days driving around hunting coyotes with these guys, um, they really didn't know what I do, did at the time. And, and we just got to talking and, and I really liked the direction they were heading. I loved the Rick's sound library was nothing like I'd ever heard before. Um, and I was like, I want to be part of this, you know? So, nice. um, we kind of developed a partnership at that time. And, and like I said, so that, that's maybe actually been probably seven years ago now that I think about it, but you know, so, so they're like, you know, we want to start doing a, a show. Obviously that's a great promotion tool when you, when you have a new line of products coming out. So, and they're like, you know, Rick, Rick's been in the DVD industry. I actually had a line of three DVDs a little bit later than Rick, that's kind of how I got started commercially in the, in the coyote side of things, you know, that were sold at Cabela's and Walmart and stuff like that. But yeah. so we both had a background in filming and, and being in front of the camera and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, it's made a great, it's a great yin and yang kind of combo with, with him and I, I mean, some kind of say he's more kind of a, a redneck type of guy, you know, just, uh, has crazy ideas and does some crazy stuff. And, um, uh, but it, it's super fun hunting with him, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started with lucky duck. So now, you know, we're kind of their main two predator hunting guys. And, you know, when they're putting new calls on the market, you know, Rick does a lot of the R and D. Um, but then also they'll come to me and say, okay, Hey, you run a, you run an e-call different than even what Rick does. Um, here, you need to check this over. You need to go put it through the ringer and, and see what we need to do different. Because if this works for you and Rick, obviously you guys are pretty hardcore coyote hunters. It should work for everybody else that, that uses it. So it's been a pretty cool, you know, partnership and, and just, uh, you know, kind of i've never been part of anything like that you know of, of how the developmental process goes and putting something to, to market like that and working with the company so uh, it's been cool yeah man that's pretty intense i so i'm sold man i i i was literally just gonna buy a fox pro and i i didn't know this lucky duck existed uh but i i, I as you've been talking i'm, I'm kind of perusing the website here and if i feel like the options are a little bit better um do you have like a do you have like a promo code or anything? You know they they don't. They, it's crazy. You know they've been they haven't been able to keep these things on the shelf for the last five years. I mean, it's just the market. It's, well, you know I mean, they'll sell they'll sell X is. amount. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. They'll sell they'll sell you know five thousand calls this summer. You know this season and the next winter they'll say okay let's double that and then they'll sell out of that and the next year they'll say well we better yeah it's been unreal the the amount of uh, success that they've had with this thing, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, lots of great companies out there, you know, Fox pro is what I used before I got him with lucky duck and it was great. You know, um, you know, like to say, I, I'm not going to sit here and bash other companies. You know, I think there's lots of great products out there where they're talking e-calls scopes, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, well, it's just something that I, I've been part of and, and yeah, it's been, been great. Let, let me ask you this, man. I, I am not a, uh, you know, predator, pros podcast host uh it's my my main thing is not coyote hunting but i do love yeah, coyote yeah. hunting so is this riot the riot e-caller um because i don't want to go with the cheapest one 
but th- this is yeah. like the next step up. Is that a pretty good one for a dude that just wants to kind of dabble in it? Yeah, it, it probably depends on, you know, what, what type of country you're going to hunt the most of. You know, Super if you're thick, coniferous forest, straight up and down, steep shit, North Idaho. It looks like a jungle. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, volume probably for you is not a crazy big thing. You know, the coyotes that you're calling in are all probably all coming from, you know, six, 800 yards, you know. Yeah. Obviously, sound sound just doesn't carry great through through a forest, um, especially if you got a lot of terrain mixed in there, you know. So that's really the next step. If you're looking at the, at the riot call versus the revolt, um, that's really the main difference is the speaker size. I mean, that revolt or the riot call is about the size of a tennis shoe, you know, roughly. Oh, gotcha. Where where the riot or the the revolt call is now like three times that size because the speaker, the amp, everything's that much bigger. Um, so it just has a lot more power, uh, a lot more volume if you need it. Okay. You know, another cool, another feature that you get from upgrading from the riot to the revolt would be the ability to spin the call, which is, which is a patent that, that lucky duck has on, on that e-call. And that's really cool because, you know, if you, if you study, how sound comes out of those speakers. Those are horn speakers. It's kind of like the shape of a diamond, essentially, you know, yeah, the sound goes left and right out the speaker, but really where that speaker's pointed, that's where the sound travels the farthest. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you set up on a coyote stand, you got, if if you don't have the ability to do that, you got to walk out there and figure out, okay, where do I want to point this call? And, you know, it's a guess sometimes, right. Where do I think the coyotes are going to be? Um, you know, and, and you might guess, right. You might not guess right at all. So, the ability to spin that call now is, is huge because now I can cast that sound across the entire, you know, let's say there's, there's 180 degrees of landscape out in front of me where I'm hoping there's a coyote coming from. Well, now I can spin that call, right. I can spin it left. I can spin it back to the middle and I can cast that sound all over the place. And, and not only that, it kind of, I think it adds to the illusion of movement a little bit. If a coyote's off to the right and you have the speaker pointed right at where the coyote's at, and then all of a sudden you spin the call back to the left, obviously that sound's going to, you know, go down in volume just because the speaker's not pointed at him. And then you spin it back all of a sudden now it changes, you know, the volume level and things like that. So it may add to some realism, I guess uh, some guys seem to think, but um, so that's really the main upgrade you're going to get from going from the riot, which is uh, what? 250, 260. I don't even know. The, what riot, the price is on well, that. The riot's 350. It's, it's 350. Oh, the riot's 350. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and the revolt, the revolt's what? Four, four seventy five. I don't know. Let me go back to that other page something like that yeah it starts at 159 and then the the riot is 349 and then 449 for the revolt yeah for for a hundred bucks if it was me i would i would go for the revolt all day long it's going to come with a hundred sounds it's going to come with 50 more sounds um which is just going to give you that many more of those coyote pup distresses those coyote fights those breeding sounds all those coyote based sounds you know that's really what you want on a call is you know, you don't need 50 different rabbit distresses. You know what I'm saying? I got a you dumb, want a big variety. I, I got a dumb question for you with these. Uh, so yeah. I, with, with coyotes, I, I get that. That's, that'd be fantastic. I, I'd, I'd love to do that. But have, has anybody ever mm-hmm. used these to call in a bear? Uh, you know, Rick, even, had, know Rick why. actually has. So if you know, Rick, he, he's like a, he's like obsessed with calling in a big brown bear, right? Mm-hmm. He's actually, he was up, he was, he's been up to Alaska a th- couple, three different times trying to call bears. So he actually has some, some pretty good bear recordings that he has, um, on, gotta, on that call. I, there's gotta be some sound yeah. sounds we can get to put on that, to call in a black bear. I want to try that, man. I, I love, yeah. I have tried using hound or I'm sorry, hand calls, 
uh, to call in black bears up here, and I, I, I just, I can never do it. I, I never, I never call them in, or maybe I am, and I'm missing them, or you know, you never know. Uh, yeah, but, so you can, so the, they don't, you know, the the bear sounds don't come standard. But what the cool part about it, Rick has his own website, which is I think verminatorpc.com. So you can buy. I mean, he's got a massive sound library. So like I said, if you buy that call, if you buy it from him, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you buy it from Cabela's or Shields or wherever. You can always you can get onto his website and buy just sounds. Like if say you want to come on and buy, he has you know let's say he has five or six bear sounds. And these and the, the crazy thing about his bear sounds are uh, kind of a funny story is the, the town where he lives they have a zoo and he they have some black bears at that zoo and the zoo let him go in there and record a couple bear cubs like fighting over donuts. <laughs> oh no kidding. So, yeah, so well, it's, it's legit bear cool. sounds. It's legit bear sounds well, and like thinking... bears fighting and squealing and and some other sounds like that, other than just trying to call them in with a you know a, a hand rabbit call or something like that. Well, so, I just need like a fawn in distress or an elk calf in distress kind of thing. So or uh, or, or just yeah, it, it doesn't even need to be in distress, honestly. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, I'll and try. that comes standard. Like a fawn, a fawn distress will come standard on on pretty much all those calls. Um, okay. But yeah, if you really wanted to get crazy and add, uh, you know, add some some real bear sounds, you know, you could even give that a shot, you know. Yeah, that'd be, I, dude, I'd I'd be all over it. I I would try that kind of stuff. I'm I'm that dumb. I will I will be the first guinea pig <laughs> to try that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, that big sucker comes up and smashes the call. You just kill him before he gets to the call, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I'm just I'm <laughs> I'm super interested in this, man. Because and I didn't mean to turn this whole discussion into like an ad for Lucky Duck or whatever. No, no. Uh, no. But I, I'm interested in it because I feel like it could work on wolves. I feel like it could work on black bears, and obviously it's going to work on coyotes, possibly mountain lion. I, I don't know. There's there's a lot yeah. of different ways that uh, you know here where I live, I can I could take that. Um, have you ever hunted wolves, man? You know, I've actually been up to Idaho a couple different times. Um, you know, it just wasn't. I was actually probably up in your your neck of the woods. Uh, the last time we were up there, which has been probably 10 years now, but, um, but yeah, I've been up there a couple of times. It's, it's kind of as a predator hunter, that's kind of the pinnacle, you know, that's like what I want is a wolf, you know? Um, well, come but, on, see you know, me, man. The, the pro- I, I know where they're at. If you can call them in, I know where they're at. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, and that's the problem. That's the problem I ran into is, you know, it's a, it's a day drive to, from where I'm at to get to, to Idaho, especially Northern Idaho. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by the time we draw, you know, all I ever had was maybe five or six days total, you know? So by the time I killed two of those days of travel, it really only left me three or four days to hunt. Well, in that country, if you show up into that country and you've never been to it before, I mean, it takes you, it takes you two days just to learn all the logging roads and, and everything, you know? Uh, well, so you're killing half your time just learning. Yeah. So by the time I ever got to the point, I was just like, man, you know what? I just, there's no possible way to pull this off. Um, you know, in the amount of time I had, but the, like you said, if, if you're already with somebody that knows the country, you know, and kind of knows, you know, maybe the drainage or the, the range that these, these wolves potentially could be hanging out with, you know, that's half the battle when it comes to wolves is, is just finding them. Cause the, the, yeah. the terrain and the country they're in is just a needle in a haystack, you know, well, and they, they um, move so, a lot, man. They, I mean, they're always, they're, oh, yeah. it's not like they're hanging out in the same spot for a week. I mean, they're just constantly moving, yep. but they do, they do return. Yep. But yeah, man, I, I do know where they're at. Um, and, and I can usually get them talking, uh, with, with a wolf howler. In fact, I just, uh, I, I, again, with, with Phelps game calls, they're, they're one of the sponsors on the show too. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. 
with Phelps, they just actually came out with a wolf howler call, and it is a mouth call. It's, it's going to be like you know, it looks kind of like a bugle tube for elk. Oh really? And, right. and uh, it's it hasn't shown up yet. I think they just shipped it. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna I just bought that, and I, I that thing's gonna get a workout, man. Like it is gonna get a workout. I'm going after wolves. Uh, 2023 is is that's one of my big uh, goals for 2023 is to find a wolf. Uh, they're tough, dude. Yeah, you've killed a lot more coyotes than me. I've killed a lot of coyotes, but you've you, you know you've obviously you're really good at this, and um. But with my experience with predator hunting and coyotes, uh, wolves are way harder. <laughs> like, they are way harder. There is only one call company here at the Western Huntsman, and that is Phelps Game Calls. Born out of hunting and the necessity to make the best calls on the market, Jason Phelps started this company in his garage back in 2009. And now he's got some of the finest lineup of elk calls, turkey calls, predator calls, waterfowl calls available on the market. If you guys go to the website, check it out and get what you need. And if you're in the market, when you go to checkout, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Whether you're just getting started or have expert level calling skills, check it out at Phelps Game Calls. Get them close. Hoffman Boots is a fourth-generation-owned boot company, a family of shoemakers based in North Idaho. I've been sporting a pair of Hoffmans for close to a decade, and I really like the Hoffman Explorer in the 8-inch. It's the best boot out there, so check it out at hoffmanboots.com, and you'll see the whole lineup of hunting boots and lineman boots and pack boots and everything else right there on the website. And if you choose to purchase a pair of boots, make sure you use the promo code all caps lock Huntsman 10 for 10% off. Scree Gear, extreme high performance hunting attire and gear that is scientifically tested, complete layering systems, and some of the finest merino wool products to keep you warm and comfortable. And it's all backed by a great company. What I really like about Scree is if you go to the website, they have these bundle options like the elk bundle or the whitetail bundle or the turkey bundle, all that stuff that'll get you completely outfitted for your favorite hunt. The starter bundle is a really good deal. Make sure you check that out. They've got the VIP sizing guarantee. And so you can exchange something if it doesn't fit right at absolutely no charge to you. Guys, it's a great warranty, great company. And at checkout, as always, use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. The Elk Collective. Folks, the best investment you can make when it comes to hunting is what's between your ears. Having elk knowledge is what separates those who succeed every once in a while versus those who notch a tag every single year. So go to the Elk Collective and sign up. There's over 150 videos in this online course to teach you everything you need to know by some of the best experts to ever enter the elk woods. It's a great program at a great price, guys. And if you use the promo code, the Western Huntsman, you're going to get 20 bucks off of your entire course. So instead of 89 bucks, you'll get it for $69. And now that September is over and we're into October and November and all these fall hunts, if you get it now, you're going to have an entire year to go through all this course. And believe me, you're going to need it. There's so much content in there. So check it out and use the promo code, the Western Huntsman, all one word. Last but not least is Tacticam. Guys, you know I've been using Tacticam for a very long time. I really like my Tacticam 5.0s. 
I like my Tacticam in the wide lens, so you can get that kind of wider angle and shot. Uh, the, they've upgraded now. They've got the Tacticam 6.0, which is super cool. I can't wait to get mine. And also, the cell cams. Don't forget about the Tacticam Reveal cell cams. They've got a bunch of different series of these things, and I've got them all over my property, so I know what's going on at all times. Whether I got a bear that's coming after my chickens, or if I have an intruder down at the driveway, or if I have a giant monster whitetail buck over in my hunting spot, I know what is going on at all times. I love my Tacticam Reveals, guys. Check it out at Tacticam.com. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. Yeah, I and, and I think a lot of it comes. Yeah, I think it comes down to this. You know, I bet you if you talk to somebody about what you know, calling in a bobcat versus calling in a coyote, they'd probably say, "Oh, yeah, it's way easier to call in a coyote." Ooh, you I know? don't know, man. I don't know. Bobcats are super responsive. At least they are here. Um, yeah, you know, know. It, it's just it's weird. You know, I guess I think everybody looks at it a little bit different. Um, you know, I've never, like I said, I've never shot a wolf. Um, the few times I've, I've went, you know, we, I never, I, we never even got on wolves, you know, we never heard any howl. Um, it wasn't like I, you know, heard some howling up the drainage and we tried to slip in and nothing we did worked, you know, I didn't even have that opportunity, you know? So, um, I, I think the crazy thing about wolves is, is that, um, I, I think they're just like a coyote. You know, I think the first crack, you know, coyotes get smart really, really fast, just like probably anything does. I, I don't think cats do. You know, so I don't necessarily know if a wolf is any smarter than a coyote because I think they both learn really fast. Like if you mess up and you fuck up and you don't get them killed the first time, I think they both get smarter really mm-hmm. fast. Um, totally. You know, you know. I, to me though, you look at I've always looked at kind of like the the biology of it. You know, a coyote is just naturally skittish. Like, just it's in their DNA the way that they have you know been groomed over the last ten thousand years you know, they've, they've always been a, a, a prey species of the, of the wolf, you know, the wolf will kill mm-hmm. coyotes whenever they see them. So the coyotes always, ha- it's just, that's why a coyote is the way they are, you know, where, you know, wolves, we were able to eradicate wolves pretty much, you know, from the lower 48. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so that, that, just that alone, if, if you, to me, that's always been my argument with the government spent a freaking billions of dollars trying to eradicate coyotes. And there's more coyotes now than there ever has been. We eradicated <laughs> wolves know. fairly easily. I think coyotes you know, are did. a lot more adaptable and, and their prey base is a lot more diverse than what a wolf is, you know? And so I, yeah. I don't, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm no biologist. I, I don't know if there's one that's smarter than the other or, or, or whatever. Uh, I think they're both extremely difficult to hunt and, and to be really good and consistent at hunting them. Uh, is next level hunting. It's not like you, you yeah, get oh, a yeah. white-tailed deer every year. It, it's a totally different ball game. And so, uh, I don't. I don't want you to take me wrong. I, I wasn't like trying to compare <laughs> one of the no, other. No, no. I, I just. Oh, I, I'm just trying to convince you to come to North Idaho and and hang with me for for a few days and let's go try to kill some wolves, man. I think it'd be fun. I would love to, man. To have your perspective yeah, and and all that. But yeah, um, let I because I, I want to talk about that, man. Because here's here's the thing that happens um, with a lot of the discussion when we're talking about predator hunting, you know, you get a lot of people out there. They're like, oh, you know, I, I, I killed a coyote, saved some fawns today or, or, or blah, 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 which I, I think, I, you know, there, there's merit to what that that is. But it's also like you don't need to justify it. Like, just go out and hunt coyotes because it's a good time and it's legal and there's a million of them and they, they're so adaptable. They live in like fucking downtown L.A., 
Like you don't need to justify your coyote hunt by saying you're saving yeah. fawns because yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred percent with you, man. I mean, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is it just seems like I call it the meat eater mentality nowadays, you know, where, um, it just seems like you're a bad person or you're a bad hunter if you're not using every possible piece of that animal you killed for whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah, true. And I don't have a problem with telling people I'm out there killing coyotes because it makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't either, I man. I just love killing I have coyotes. no shame, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if, the, if, the, if the fur market's great, great. I'm going to get a little bonus out of it, you know? But right, like this year, the fur market's going to be trash. The, the coyotes aren't going to be worth hardly anything. So guess what? You know, lots of coyotes are going to end up in, in canyons and ditches and dumpsters and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, if you think I'm a terrible person for just going out and killing stuff to kill it, I, that's me, man. You know, uh, I, I don't know in, what to tell you. Nothing in nature goes to waste. It's not like like it's just a, a this thing that just is going to sit there and nothing is going to consume it. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand that whole argument, and I, I've gotten... I don't know if if the right term is less sensitive or more sensitive to it in a, in a sense that I I just it irritates me sometimes when people feel like they have to justify whether they're hunting uh, you know a coyote a wolf a bear uh, any kind of predator yep. mountain lion you know there's always you know how like when people post a picture of their deer on um you know social media it's always yeah. like oh he's no monster but Oh, this isn't my biggest one, but uh, you yeah, know, always, yeah. always try to happy with justify it. what what it is. It's like, <laughs> no, shut the fuck up! Like it came in <laughs> yeah. front of you. It was a good opportunity. He's a great buck. Shut up and be happy about it. Like you're not you're not posting yeah. this to imp- stop posting things to try to impress other people because people aren't impressed, right? When you get yeah. on when you get on Instagram. Like ninety percent of my feed right now is people with white tails, right? So I'm not impressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that impressed. Just be happy with what you got. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to justify it by saying, "Well, this wasn't my biggest," uh, or, "Or you know, he's no monster, but I took him because I I need meat," kind of thing. Like I'll I'll, I'll just be frank with you, man. I I have standards on uh, on this whole white tail hunting thing. I'm I'm mostly a mule deer guy, but I. I screwed the pooch on mule deer season this year so <laughs> like i'm at a point man i was being a little picky but it tomorrow is thanksgiving i'm shooting the first damn whitetail that has a, a branch antler yeah you know I, i'm not i'm not messing around at this point i don't care and when i post a picture of it i'm not gonna say stupid shit like oh well he's not my biggest no kidding he's not my yeah. biggest but yeah. anyway, the point is getting back to this, uh, the predator thing, there's that same mentality where people have this thing where they feel like they have to justify, um, Hey, I was out, I was out hunting and, uh, a coyote ran in front of me as if, it, you know, like they're down grading the, um, the magnitude of what it means to, you know, what's the difference between a coyote and, and killing a deer? Like they're both wildlife. Oh right? yeah. Like it, they're, yeah, at the core of everything, what are we doing? We're killing. I, I don't care if you're, you're eating killing. or not. You're you're still a killer. Like like quit. You know, and I don't know if people just can't look themselves in the mirror and be like, oh god, you know, I gotta I gotta just. I don't know what it is. To me, I'm like I'm I'm a killer, man. I love killing stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't care. I, man. You know, We're Marines, man. That, so, so it's easy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't know, man. To me, it's it's just part of me. I mean, oh, you're you're just sick. You know, well, hey, man, I just 
like killing stuff, man. Do you, you think know? that's so, what it is? Is, yeah. is maybe they're posting and they know that there's non-hunters that follow them or, or for, you know, Facebook friends or whatever. So they feel like they have to justify it to them in a sense that, hey, look, I killed this coyote because I want to show it off that I got something. But, hey, by the way, I also saved some fawns by doing this. Yeah, I... I think there's some guys that do that. I think some guys do it out of just that. They think that's what they should do. Um, because let's face it, you know, the predator game is at the tip of the spear when it comes to the anti hunters. Um, you know, that's, that's what tugs on the heartstrings of everybody when they, you know, a, a, a non hunter, not necessarily an anti hunter, but a non hunter sees a picture of a dead deer and you, you show them a picture of a dead deer and a picture of a dead wolf or dead coyote every non hunter is going to be like, Oh my God, why'd they kill that beautiful coyote or that beautiful wolf? They won't say shit about the deer. No, I, you know? yeah, we've, we've so, talked about that. So the anti -hun show. Yeah. The, the anti hunters use that against us. And, you know, and that's why, you know, uh, you know, we could, we could spend the rest of the time just talking about, you know, anti hunting movement against coyotes specifically with them shutting down coyote contests and all that kind of stuff. But, um, what yeah, do I don't know. Do I just think, Jeff, what do you think that is? Because I, you know, that's that's the essence of my show is is talking about the anti hunting movement and how we're how we're going to combat it going forward. What what is it about predator hunting? And I'll give you a couple of I examples because I want to circle yeah. back to exactly what you said. But like on Instagram, there is a there is a a group called Wolves of the Rockies, and I believe they're they're based out of Jackson, <laughs> and I follow yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Just because I, I don't know, I like high blood pressure or something, yeah, you know, so I follow them. But, um, and, and like right now they're going through this thing because the, the, the Wyoming or Montana, I'm not sure which, you know, wolf season just opened. So every day they're giving you this count. Oh, today 47 wolves died. Uh, so yeah, far this yeah. year. And, and then like a couple days go by. Oh, 51 wolves have died. And, and they're not even, and they're they're lying about what the population of wolves is in the, in the in the Yellowstone eco region or ecosystem. Uh, anyway, but but they're like, oh, this is a I can't remember what percentage they put it at, but it was way way high uh, because of the, what was it? Montana has like seven hundred and forty some odd wolves. Wyoming Wyoming has a lot less. They I think it's less than three hundred. But the the point being, most of those wolves are right there in the Yellowstone ecosystem, and and so yeah, yeah. you know they they come out, and those are the wolves that they're they're tracking, and they're full of shit, and they're they're propagating to people that don't know any better, and then you have this this same kind of mentality, these same type of groups that are out there targeting like coyote competitions. Do you want to talk about that for a minute, like coyote competitions and and what's going on with that? Yeah, yeah. So. So what the problem I have is this, is that us as hunters, there's, there's been a significant amount of division, you know, and, and it's really come down to the coyote contest. Now, make no mistake, you know, these anti-hunting groups, they're anti-hunting everything, you know, don't make a mistake that they're going to be, if they get coyote hunting shut down and wolf hunting shut down and lion hunting shut down and don't think they're coming after yeah, your elk and your big one sheep and everything. They will satisfied. I agree. Totally. You're completely naive. And, and I really think that a lot of hunters are not educated, have not educated themselves enough to understand that. So what you, what you got was, I think, and, and make no mistake, this anti-hunting push is, is they're educated and they're freaking well-funded, oh, way man. more well-funded than, than what we are. Mm -hmm. And, and the problem is, is we have a few hunting groups, you name it, SCI, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, 
and that's who we're supposed to have back us up. But the problem that we've had so far is none of those hunting groups have backed up coyote contests because they, they have said, Oh, that ain't our fight. We're, we're elk or we're SCI, or we don't care about that. Well, it's, it's opened the floodgates now. So it left us hunters out there, coyote hunters, especially like, well, what now you, we have, we have these anti-hunting put, whether it's project coyote or, or you freaking name it, you know, world wildlife foundation, you know, coming after us millions and millions of dollars to, to put this litigation out there and influence politicians um, and influence just the, the average person that, that really probably doesn't care one way or another, whether we're shooting coyotes or not, no. but they're going to put images in front of that person to persuade them. Well, us as hunters, we, we don't, the average hunter doesn't care. He's like, oh, I'm just going to kind of mind my own business, but they're out there actively pushing and actively influencing the crowd. That's going to make the, you know, the, the majority of the vote per se, you know? Yep. And that's been the most disappointing thing to me about this whole thing is, you know, I, I love hunting, cow, you know, I'm a two-time world champion coyote hunter. I'm a national champion coyote hunter. Uh, I've spent a majority of the last 15 years hunting coyote contests. I, I just love it. I love the, just the competitive nature in me. It's just, and I love just challenging myself. So it's been a big part of what I do. Um, and you know, I used to hunt contests in Arizona. Those are banned. You can't hunt contests in Arizona. Mar. I used to hunt contests in Colorado. They're banned. You can't hunt con- oh, coyote they're contests banned. in Colorado. They're banned in Colorado. New- yep. New oh, Mexico, New Mexico's, New Mexico's banned now. You know, the, the latest push is Nevada and Oregon. I mean, those are two kind of states that, you know, you got a big hub of Portland and, you know, out in Oregon, you know, that, that can swing a vote. You got a big hub of Las Vegas and, and, and Reno that can swing a vote. So, um, yeah, mm. that's where the big push is now trying to shut that down. So it's, it's crazy unfortunate. I, I really wish, you know, back, back when this stuff was, was more in the forefront, I would see comments like, well, I'm a, I'm a hunter, but I think this is just ridiculous. Why, why do you need to go out there and kill as many coyotes as you can in a day? Well, you're not a hunter. In my book, you're not a hunter. Don't call yourself a hunter, yeah. you know, or I, I'm a, I hunt some coyotes, but this is just, well, you know what? It's no difference than the argument of the, of the, of the traditional boat hunters bitching because they legalize crossbows, you know? Yeah. Who cares? You know, we're getting the only way we win this fight is to increase hunter numbers. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're, if we're divided amongst ourselves and fighting amongst ourselves and we got one group of hunters over here that is throwing one another group of hunters under the bus, you know, as the sacrificial lamb, you know, and you know, it's not going to work out for anybody. I can tell you that. And it may take a hundred years or 50 years or whatever, but it's not going to, it's not going to turn out great, you know? So that's the biggest thing with me is it just, I just, I get disappointed in the fact that, that hunters in general, whether you like me shooting coyotes or not, or whether you're a coyote hunter or not, you know, we're all in this together. You know, they're, they're the enemy. The anti hunters are the enemy. Trust me. They're coming after your shit next. So, well, the, you know, yeah. no you, man, Jeff, like you nailed it, man. You, you absolutely nailed it. And this is this is exactly what we talk about and why we talk about it all the time on this show is is we can sit and bitch at each other over over method of take, you know, bow versus rifle. We, we, we could sit and rip each other apart over whether or not somebody's a predator hunter or a coyote hunter or a bear hunter that uses bait versus a bear hunter that uses hounds. You, you know, we could yeah. rip each other apart all day long. But the problem is, is we have a bigger, well-funded enemy that doesn't give a fuck what you're using. No, they they, they don't. don't care if you're a squirrel hunter in Kentucky or a hound hunter in Idaho 
or a coyote hunter in Nebraska or a whitetail hunter in Texas. They don't give a shit. The end game is the same for them, and they don't separate the the difference between all of these different methods of take and different species and all these things that you know make up you know the portfolio of the North American model of wildlife conservation that has been so successful and is the envy of the world. That's what they're. That's what they want. They want to be the number one you know so called conservationist, and they do that through propagated messages that you know it's easy to take a dead coyote that's been hunted. You know, with a, you know, it looks like a bloodbath. There's a big bullet hole in the side of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Poor little dog that looks like your neighbor dog, Fido, uh, laying there, you know, and, and uh, you know, some hunter with a big shit-eating grin on his face. You know, take that picture and throw it out on Twitter and and say, this poor coyote was hunted. What, what they don't tell you is coyotes breed at probably one of the most highly prolific rates of reproduction <laughs> yeah. rates on the face of the planet. Like they're like fucking mosquitoes, man. And, yeah, and you yeah. can't, you cannot ignore the coyote population and, and pretend like a coyote competition in central Idaho is going to affect all, all, all coyotes, you know, worldwide. And they're going to be extinct because of this, this coyote competition. It's ludicrous. It's the same psychotic, woke, liberal bullshit that comes out of these big urban areas that we all have to suffer and pay the price for. And I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of paying the price for all this groupthink BS that comes out of these crazy places like you, you mentioned Portland. Why are we why are yeah. we having to suffer for these people that are so naive as to the wildlife management systems that have worked for so long? Like like in Washington, I'll give you I'm I'm getting off track here. But Washington, they they just formally uh got rid of their spring bear season. They're 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 uh <laughs> and it's insanity. I mean the yeah. num- the scientifically I am I'm talking. This is insanity getting rid of the spring bear in Washington. And I sent my emails and I made my phone calls. And I know a lot of people that listen to this show did the same thing. And it's like their commission didn't give a shit. You know why? Because they've been propagated and they don't have the scientific data to, to, to give them some kind of tangible, actual realistic reaction versus these high emotions that run rampant on social media and get crazy cat ladies to donate thousands of dollars every few years uh, to these organizations that want to ban this shit. It, dude, I, I'm going to lose my hair over this. I'm, I'm already starting to go bald. I'm <laughs> like I could feel if I took my hat off right now, there'd be a bunch of hair falling out. Well, you know, I always try to look at solutions, Jim, and I, you know, I, I try to put it in ways that the average hunter understands. And I, I this is how I kind of explained it to people. I said. You know what? What what's the hunting population in the United States? Is it is it maybe ten percent? No, ten percent of Americans. It's, it's, is it it's even that? Barely five percent of um, actual tag holders. So so um, I only know this because I'm 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 working on something very specific to this. So the the actual hold uh, tag holding populace of the United States for hunters is is roughly five percent. In fact, it's it's just under that. That does not include. Like, like in my situation, my wife and I, uh, my wife does not hunt, but she is very pro hunting. In fact, if I don't get a deer in the next week or so, I'm going to be in big trouble because I don't, I don't, I'm not putting meat in the freezer. So, uh, you know, so, so that doesn't include her, uh, you know, or people like that that are. So, yeah. So let's say, let's just say roughly 10% are pro hunting. 
Yeah. Okay. Five percent are tag holders. Their spouse, you know, everybody they know. So roughly ten percent of the country is pro hunting. Okay. Well, I, I for did example. just Jeff. I did just see a statistic statistic that said it was like roughly eighty percent of Americans of, approve of hunting, but that doesn't mean they're pro hunting. So let's yeah, you know, with that caveat. So, so yeah. So the way I kind of lay this out is let's just say ten percent of the population is pro hunting. Mean. They take part in hunting, their husband takes part in hunting, their son take whatever, you know. Well, then I say, okay, let's just say that 10% of the population are the hardcore anti-hunters, okay? These are the people that hate us, and they're taking part in Project Coyote. They're donating all this money to World Wildlife Foundation, whatever, you name it, all right? So those are the ones. Well, is 10% of the population ever really going to change anything? Probably not, right? No. Nope. What's going to change is that 80% in the middle, right? So that's that's what they're trying to do is they they want to get they need to get as many of that 80 percent to vote them well what's how do we combat that you know we're never going to change that 10 percent their their minds made up just like our minds they're never going to tell they're never yeah. going to change our yeah. mind we're going to hunt exactly. right but but we got to figure out how do we get the 80 percent to work with us and and really the, i think the only way to do that we're never going to convince them with pictures and propaganda well how we convince them is we get them into the outdoors we get those people into hunting, you know, and, and, you know, the more and more, if we do that, I think, you know, obviously it starts with kids, you know, you and I talked about that already, getting our kids involved, where it's taking new kids. I think to me, that's where it's at. If, if we don't, if there is not a, a huge push in the outdoor industry or the hunting industry, fishing industry of getting, recruiting new people to our sport, their propaganda and their money is better than ours. And before we know it, you know, a majority of that 80% is going to be on their side and, you know, and that's where the vote and, and all this comes down to votes and, and pressure that yep. commissioners and things get. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, that's really what, what you can do as a hunter. If you're worried about it, we can sit here and bitch about it all we want, but unless you're actively doing something about it, like trying to recruit new people, take new people hunting, introduce people to hunting, whatever it is, I don't care if it's shooting prairie dogs, taking them fishing, turkey hunting, shooting coyotes deer you name it you know yeah it doesn't matter i think it's just you're not doing you're not doing your part if you're not trying to to recruit new hunters bottom line no you're you you nailed it man um you're exactly right and especially from the sense of we live in this society where people have this uh and and again i think i I think this kind of comes out of social media where we have this tribalistic mindset where we we feel like we have to attach ourselves to a cause and and people that yeah, don't have true, a yeah. cause, you know, what what kind of cause are they going to attach themselves to, to to fill themselves with their own sense of self importance? You know, uh, what, what where does that come from? Well, um, hey, the Humane Society of the United States just said that uh, coyote competitions are really bad for coyotes, and look at all these people that support that. Okay, I don't have a tribe right now, but I have I have a big credit card, and I want to be. I, I want to feel like I'm part of a cause and I want to feel like I'm, I'm involved with a tribe. Uh, let me call Humane Society of the United States with my credit card number and help donate to that. And then I'm going to post on social media about how many coyotes I think I just saved. And that's kind of the trap we fall in. And the thing is, is they use this emotional stuff, this emotional propaganda that like what we say the word propaganda all the time, but what is propaganda? They're using they're taking imagery and information 
that might not be accurate. And, and, you know, from our standpoint, we know that it's not accurate. And they're putting it in front of people and, and kind of uh, portraying it as, as this factual thing. And that people that don't know any better, uh, because it's so emotionally driven, attach themselves to it to be feeling like they're a part of a tribe. And then they start donating to it. And that, that when, when you've got this kind of emotional attachment, it is very difficult to change their mind, even if it is science and data driven. Uh, you know, we can come back with all this tangible information or, or this scientific driven data that shows, hey, you know, coyotes are eating cats in downtown San Diego, California. Uh, and, and to include, you know, the, the little dogs, and and they are living in basically sewers and and uh, drainage tunnels, and and coming out at night in these urban areas and snatching everything they can, uh, and their population is like how far have they spread now, man? Are they they're all the, coyotes are all the way on the east coast, right? Because it's not natural. Oh yeah, every 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 state except Hawaii. I mean, they're clear down yeah. into Central America. They might even be in South America by now. I think so. And, yeah, and, everywhere. And like when when you and I were kids, you remember I, I you know we're about the same age, but growing up, who was the villain coyote? Wiley Coyote, right? Yeah, yeah, Wiley yeah. Coyote. And where did he live? In the Southwest, chasing yeah, roadrunner. Yeah. So when you when you think about the range of coyotes now compared to 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, it, th- there's a huge disparity in as to where they were and where they are now. And so that data does not translate to people's emotions. And that's the problem. And that's the struggle we get into. And that's why we can't afford to have hunters bitching at each other and ripping each other apart over whether or not they want to partake in a coyote hunting competition. Like it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Well, yeah, you you know, you talk about propaganda. You take a coyote hunt with 50 teams, okay? 52 man teams. Mm-hmm. And at the at the end of the end of the tournament, they check in 150 coyotes. Okay, so there's this, and they usually lay them out, you know, or maybe there's a pile of 100. So somebody comes by and takes a picture of 150 coyote dead coyotes laying in a pile, right? Mm-hmm. Now the wrong people get that in their hands, they could spin that any way they want, right? But they'll they'll never know the reality that okay, these 50 teams, they only average three coyotes a team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those 50 teams may have covered 1,000 square miles of country, you know, to kill 150 coyotes. But yeah, that's, that's a, that's a prime example of how propaganda gets spun. But ultimately I don't think I, you know, I think some guys are afraid to post stuff. I love posting pile picks of coyotes to me. That's like my trophy pick of, you know, that's my 380 inch bull, you know, or my, you know, 190 inch mule there, you know, when I got a a pile of 30 coyotes that we killed in three days, you know, that's just what I like to do. I'm not, I'm not afraid to post that. I mean, could it get, stolen and, and spun probably so, but I've always felt like we shouldn't run from that. You know, I, I mean, that's who we are. That's what we're doing. Um, you know, and to back up a little bit, I, I mentioned the meat eater mentality kind of have like, everybody thinks they got to justify, you know, what they're, what they're hunting and, and, and that they're hunting and why they're killing things. And, and I want to say, I'm not totally against it because I talked about that 80% in the middle and recruiting new hunters. And I think that meat eater mentality has done a good job of recruiting new hunters. I, I really do. I think, I think there are some people that have maybe been on the fence about hunting and they thought, well, if I can go out and actually, you know, eat what I shoot, maybe I'll enjoy doing it more. You know, would you agree maybe that, yeah. that, that, that has done a, that has probably 
done a great job of recruiting new hunters. You yeah, know, that, I really that, do. You that know? brand has done a good job of bringing people that wouldn't even think about hunting, but because of the health and the you know usefulness and the the nat- natural way of uh, I don't know garnering food, whatever. I, I get what you're I, I get what you're saying, dude. Yeah, you know, so I I think that's just back to the simple the fact is that we we can't be divided amongst ourselves whether you know whether you know I can't be upset that they're trying to justify why they're hunting, you know, I I can't have them being upset at me because we're just out killing for the fun of it, you know, and I in in how how that goes about I don't know, you know, I I think that's probably the toughest sell is is to those probably new hunters that are we're recruiting. You know, how do we how do we how do we show them that what we're doing is no different than what they're doing? We just have different reasons for doing it, you know. Yeah, um, that's tough, man. That, that it is. That it really is. It's is a tricky tough. one, but we need you know. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think you need everybody. You need them all. We need we need you know that the the meat eater mentality kind of to spread and to recruit new hunters. You know, the predator side of things. Uh, you know, for me anyway, I see a lot of the younger the younger generation migrating towards coyote hunting for example, just because they like the fact that it's using technology, you're using e-calls, you're using this cool AR-15 that they play on their damn video games, you know, Call of Duty and shit, you know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> oh, I, I can, I can, you know, we got suppressors on these damn things and I can, you know, this, oh damn, I can go out and shoot coyotes with this stuff, you know, and it, it, it kind of appeals to them. So, you know, I, use it. I, I'm not afraid to say, hey, man, this is cool. If you think that's cool, you know, and I, I run into a lot of people that have started hunting the first thing they ever went hunting was coyotes just for similar reasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, it's important for us to find out what that is, find those people and, and, uh, you know, introduce them the right way. Well, let me give new hunters that might be listening to this a little, a, a little word of, uh, some words of wisdom here when it comes to, um, if, if you are looking for some kind of justification to go coyote hunting, let me tell you something. If you get behind a rifle, and, uh, you know, Jeff here, he talks about how he's, he's going after him with an AR-15, which is a brilliant idea, by the way. I've done that, too. Uh, but uh, if, if you get behind a rifle and you use a call, uh, take the same rifle that you're hunting deer with. Okay, so if, if, you're, if you're, for example, I have this, um, you know, 300 Win Mag. Take yeah. that. And if, if you, you get a coyote coming in and you get that coyote stopped or if he's slowed down or, or whatever, hell, if he's on a dead run, let me tell you something. <laughs> if you hit that coyote with that deer rifle, you're damn sure going to hit a deer or an elk. And that's real. Oh, that's literally why this is why I think I was so excited about coyote, coyote hunting back in the day is, uh, you know, there was that long range factor where I'm not I'm not way into that part of it but I I it is fun when you can do that. I would go out and hunt jackrabbits and coyotes in the high deserts of central Utah just to hone in my shooting skills. And let me tell you, it went a long way because again, if you can hit a coyote, especially a running coyote with your deer, deer rifle and whatever <laughs> scope you're using, I promise you're going to hit a deer. It's just that's just how it works and and it'll oh, make, yeah. it'll make you yeah. a better hunter. Well, and on another thing too, you know, I mean, you can do things with coyotes. I mean, you know, especially if you're hunting coyotes out here in the West, you know, that where the, where the fur is good, even though this year, like a fur market's not great. So you're not going to be able to find a fur buyer or a fur buyer to, to, to give you any money for it. Probably if you do, it's going to be five bucks, maybe, you know, just because yeah, the market's it down, is low. It but is low. you know, you could, it doesn't mean you still can't take that, that coyote to a, a, your local taxidermist 
or even if you have a fur buyer, a lot of these fur buyers have connections to tanneries and, and they'll skin your coyote for you. They'll send it off to a tannery. Um, you know, you can still have it, you know, hanging up in your, your trophy room, whatever, you know, there's still things you can do with that coyote. Yeah, and they're if, really cool. If you're the type of person that says, I just will not shoot something if, if I can't do anything with it, you know, and who knows, you know, with Facebook and all these groups and stuff there on social media, hell, you may be able to find somebody in your area that, that says, yeah, man, if you shoot some coyotes, let me know. I'm not going to pay anything for them, but I'll take them and I'll skin them and put them up myself, you know, and, yeah. and you know, th- that person can use them. So it's not like you're just, you're stuck throwing them in a ditch, you know, yeah, it's there not are always options like that. out there to, to find, to, to get rid of coyotes. Um, if you do happen to kill a coyote or two, when you go out. Yeah. And coyotes are, uh, it's a great way to learn how to tan your own hides. Um, that's, that's how I learned to tan hides was, was, uh, by shooting coyotes and uh, yeah. dude, I, I don't know that I'd do it right now because I haven't done one in so long. <laughs> it'd probably look like shit, but, uh, and stink, but <laughs> that's, that's where I learned how to tan hides is, is I was, I was getting coyotes. I'd, I'd skin them out and tan the hides myself and, uh, I did it the old mountain man way, man. With uh, Jesus, with the you're brains. hardcore, Jim. Goddamn, I'm not that hardcore. I just I, I, <laughs> I sound hardcore, but uh, no, that's that's how I did it. That's how I learned how to do it. And I, I think I think people would, um, if you're looking to live a life, especially these new hunters, or like what you were saying was the meat eater crowd. Uh, you know, if you're looking to live a life that is you know closer to the land and and tighter with nature and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, killing a coyote and learning how to skin its, uh, or tan its hide and, th- you know, putting it on the, on the back of the couch or something, if your wife won't kill you, um, <laughs> it, it's a cool thing. I mean, it really is. It's a cool it thing. Is cool, like, it, is a reminder. A it, it really is. It was, was Rick the dude that, uh, that did the whole coyote coat? Is he is he the one that would wear that on the back of those DVDs or who? I, I, might be I, mixing don't, them up. I don't know. That might have been Randy Anderson had. Oh, that, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It I think was, it was. It was that Randy I remember guy. I seeing on that. I bought all of them. I I bought all the DVDs, and that's yeah, how you know. Yeah. That's how you know, Jeff. We're getting long in the tooth, tooth man. We uh, <laughs> we would buy DVDs on how to hunt coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we were we were talking about the damn e calls. You know, the first e call I had ran off goddamn cassette tapes. You know, no I mean, way. It, you know, Did nowadays, really? I, yeah, you know, you know, nowadays you just push the, all those sounds are sto- stored as like MP3 files inside that thing. You just push yeah. a button. Yeah. My, my very first e-call e- I ever had, I had a big duck hunting blind bag, you know, to throw your duck hunting shit in there, you know? Well, this, <laughs> this e-call, it was, it was made by Western rivers and it had this big oh, box, probably about 10 inches cubed. And it had the cassette deck and it had a built-in rechargeable battery in it. And then it had a big speaker that had about a 50-foot cord on it. Well, I stuffed all that shit down in the center part of the bag, but then all the outside pockets were stuffed with different cassettes. You know, and every cassette was a different sound. So in the middle of a coyote stand, if I wanted to switch sounds, I had to eject the tape, pull pull it out, you know, take the new cassette tape out, slap it in there, you know, or, or, you know, sometimes you'd hit the end of the cassette tape and you'd have to eject it and flip it over, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, all, all these young bucks, you know, pushing buttons. I'm like, yeah, you know, that, uh, it, and, and there's guys I talked to even old timers that, you know, use record players, Oh wow, um, you no know, kidding. yeah, to, to do, you know, call coyotes and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild when you start thinking about that, but, uh, analog, know, a lot of An- change analog bitches. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did it back in the day <laughs> that's right that's, no, that's right. crazy <laughs> well hey man i've kept you a long time tonight um 
this uh, this was cool, dude. I'd I'd love to get you back on the show and talk about this. I, I'd actually really like to do uh, an episode with you where we really dive in deep to some of the strategic, um, you know, processes of calling coyotes and and you know what you do, how you teach it. Uh, we, you know, we always talk about getting new hunters involved, but. Uh, if they don't have that kind of information, where are they going to get it? You know, well, I guess they can go back to Rick's yeah. DVDs and and uh, some of your videos and stuff. But uh, I mean, it'd be great to talk about that. It'd be a great refresher course for me. Um, yeah, and and talk about no, this has been cool. Yeah, this yeah. has been cool because norm- normally normally that's all I'm talking about is strategy and tactics and tips and that kind of stuff. So this is kind of a cool, pay- different pace for me, just because it's something I am very passionate about. Oh, um, too, just yeah. being, you know, being just hammered, you know, personally. I can't tell you the thousands of emails I've gotten over the last 15 years and comments on stuff from anti hunters just because of what I do in the coyote world. Um, but yeah, so it's been a great conversation, but for sure, you know, that's kind of what I, what I really pride myself on is the ability to teach coyote hunting, you know, and, and that's my ultimate goal. I want everybody to go out there. I have such a great time doing it and I love hunting coyotes so much that I'm like, and it just, it's just the most awesome thing to me. And I like, I'm like, if everybody got to experience what I experienced in the coyote world, they would all, they would all be hooked, you know? So yeah, I want people sure. to go out there and have success, you know, not go out there, you know how it is. You drive around, you don't see shit and you, you're making stands. You're like, Oh, these guys are full of shit. You know, I want I, it's nothing secret to me. I don't do anything that's secret. I, you know, so I love to teach and, um, you know, tell people, you know, at least how I do it and, you know, at least give them a, a good idea to, to make them successful doing it. I, I think, yeah, and, and I, I feel like you've got that, that teacher mentality for something like that. And so uh, what what I think would be ideal, man, is is let's do another episode like this winter when, when coyote fur is uh, at its thickest and, and talk about yeah. it um, and keep in touch. But I'd, I'd also really like to um, someday uh, have you come out to North Idaho, man, and let's go chase some wolves. Because I, I think with your predator experience – and my knowledge of where they're at, I think we could we could figure it out, like together. Because I I've never killed a wolf either, man. Um, you, you were asking, yeah, about. yeah. I just know where they're at, and I can always get them howling and 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 whatever. But, um, they're uh, they're wily little suckers up here, man. So yeah, I was I was just talking to Ike Eastman the other day, and he's got a a, a neighbor up there in Cody around Cody, Wyoming, where he lives, you know. And he's he was asking me the same kind of questions. This this uh this neighbor of his is like, that's all he does all winter is try to figure out wolves and he's killed a few, you know, but, uh, we'd actually talked about maybe going up there and filming something for the Eastman's hunting journal TV show, you know? Yeah. Um, but that would, that was, I was like, exactly what I told Ike. I said, Ike, I feel like, you know, I've never killed a wolf before, but I feel there's a lot of parallels between what I do in the coyotes versus what we do with the wolves. It's obviously different train and things like that, but it all, yeah, it all is very similar, at least in my mind. So, well, but there's... if you have a guy that understands the train, knows how to get to where we need to get to, um, you know, I feel like you know maybe I'm naive. <laughs> but you know, I'd like to I'd no, like to test myself yeah. though, you know, to see if if. But I feel like that would be the perfect combination uh, of getting some wolves killed. Would be somebody that has a just an intricate, you know, knowledge of the area, and then you got another guy that just has an intricate knowledge of. Of, of killing predators yep. setting up and calling and doing all that kind of stuff i think that's like a that's a deadly combination you know oh i i would totally agree i think i think the dynamic difference uh or, or the dynamics of hunting wolves you know when it when you're talking about comparing it to like coyote versus wolf hunting um is 
there's a lot of similarities, but the Wolves have the advantage of running in a very well, uh, tightly oiled pack. And, and yep. they have, they have like this, the wolf that's in charge, this alpha wolf that is all knowing, all telling. And, and if he or she makes the, the, the right kind of sound, all the wolves will, it's like they get abducted by aliens and they're gone off the face of the planet. <laughs> you, you know, the younger wolves are, are, are dumb as fuck. Um, but, but they're, they're still, you know, wily like a coyote. And so yep. it, it's, it's that, that that's the problem that you run into and, and people that go try to wolf hunt that don't know anything about wolves and, and their behavior. Um, they actually end up like you were saying earlier, they'll, they'll end up educating those wolves a lot more and, and do us, um, yep. you know, more a disservice than, than a service. But, um, Oh, that's yeah. that's I think the difference is and not that not that coyotes don't periodically run in packs and stuff, but they're uh, I, I don't know I've never seen them. Oh more yeah, than coyotes are two or yeah three, coyotes but, are solid yeah coyotes are solitary creatures by yeah, nature. You know that's the for big sure. thing. You're right. You know, and, and that's that's so, yeah. the difference. And they and they use that to the wolves use that to their advantage. Like again, I I was out I was I was actually elk hunting and I'm I'm using a cow call and uh, I'm just mewing and and making that sound and these these wolves. Uh, that were right below me, probably not more than 80 yards or so, but it's in, you know, some pretty thick country up here. Um, they start kind of making these sounds towards each other. And it's not like what you think, man. It's like, it's hair raising noise. I I, I don't know how to even explain it. They're like, you know, kind of weird. And, and it's like, they're, they're making a plan almost together to come in and find this, this cow that's calling and then it's the the older wolf further down the hill identified the fact that I was an I was a hunter making elk sounds right. It's like he knew he or she I don't know what it was, and he yeah, made yeah. he made this other sound, and I mean they shut up and disappeared. They they just that's no that's the difference. They just know how to communicate with each other. Uh, and it's very effective. So anyway, I'd love to get you up and listen. Well, do I wouldn't. It, I wouldn't discriminate. If we called in one of the young dumb ones, I'd shoot it. You know. Oh, totally, man. No, totally. And then you, and you can get reimbursed, man. You just join F4WM out here. Uh, oh yeah, you come yeah. And, and they'll. I mean, up to fifteen hundred dollars. And so uh, here's what we should do, man. I got an idea. Are you Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. So Ike, Ike, if you're listening, uh, you need to fund this trip. For Jeff to come to North Idaho, we're going to kill a wolf, and we're going to turn in our receipts to F4WM, and they're going to reimburse you to have Jeff come over up to fifteen hundred bucks. Heck yeah! And then we keep that's the a hide, win-win man. for everybody. Win-win for everybody. Yeah, I think Ike's on board, man. Oh hell, I'd, probably, I'd have to get that damn thing mounted, you know? Oh, really totally. My wife off. Totally. My buddy got one of those soft mount uh, wolf mounts. And it is the craziest damn mount you've ever seen. This thing is just—it looks like a—it looks like it's alive sitting there, uh, and you could put it in any position you want. Um, it's super cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, well, let's wrap this up, brother. Um, this was a really fun, fun conversation. I, I feel like we uh, actually gained some uh, traction and, and uh, made some progress here. So, hopefully, uh, people you bet, man. people get a lot out of it, and um, we're gonna have to do it again. Like I said. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody wants more, more like hardcore predator hunting stuff, yeah. Invite you to come over and check out the Eastman's Predator Pros podcast. You know, that's all we talk about over there. You name it, Colin Coyotes, Bobcats. I've had Guy Eastman on talking about hunting lions and, uh, you know, bears. We just had a a wolf, a wolf one here about a, a guy up in Canada that, you know, kills 50, 50 to 80 wolves a year with 
trap lines and, and bait piles and things like that. So He's up in Canada, is so it, yeah, is man, that? yeah, in Canada, yeah. Wow, that's a lot of wolves, dude. Yeah, awesome. so yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, come on, come on over and check it out. You know, like I said, we just started our second season, so um, I don't have maybe I think we're on episode about twenty-seven or something right now. So not a, a plenty to get you started you know listening to so oh for sure if you guys knocked out those episodes you'd be you'd be coyote killing machines by this winter um is there is there like a predator pros instagram where else can we find you yeah i mean biggest thing i just have a, a my normal instagram page which is jeff nimnick and that's jeff with a g g off is what it looks like so yeah you google or you you search g-e-o-f-f and the search thing on instagram i'll probably one of the first ones that'll come up um but I'm but yeah and then there's an eastland yeah an eastman's predator pros um, Instagram page. Um, you know, my website is, is probably the best place to go, which is coyotecraze.com. Um, that has links to all the, all the YouTube shows that we talked about. I have a, a personal YouTube channel as well as, you know, lucky duck has a YouTube channel where all those last stand episodes are posted to. Um, and that gives you, you know, coyote schools that I put on. Um, yeah, you name it links to the podcast, all that kind of stuff on the website. So Sweet. Well, I'm going to link all that in the show notes, guys. And yeah, like like he said, uh, Jeff Nemec, um on Instagram, I pulled right up. Uh, and then there's the coyotecraze.com uh, and your YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's fantastic, yeah, yeah. man. I'll make sure that all, that all that's going to be in the show notes. So you guys check it out. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. And I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on this episode, especially when we start talking, um, you know, we gets a little spicy sometimes on this show i i uh i dig it jeff i appreciate you coming on the show man and uh, hang on the line for just a minute you bet man thanks for having me on Anytime. you made it that's the end of the episode thank you so much for tuning in please make sure you're following us on instagram at the western huntsman and write us a good review at apple Podcasts. thanks guys see you next time stay western and i'll see you on